0: This is Tell Me More About It, the podcast created to help ISU school psych students navigate the program. Today, we'd like to tell you more about
1: dissertation.
0: Do you feel like you're no longer with things or Do do feel oh past, yeah past the popular
1: oh yeah culture? especially working in a high school like i wish i could think off the top of my head the things they say i'll just be like i actually urban dictionaryed something the other day what is
0: it did you really
1: yes um i don't know what it is i'm i'm sorry that's anticlimactic <laughs> When you met me, I was young, hip, fresh out of college. No, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm old.
0: Okay, so I do have a question um, related to that, actually. Do you feel like you're a student still?
1: In grad school?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No. Okay. Not at all.
0: Okay. Because you, cause you I, are. I like,
1: yeah. No, you're right. I feel like a working at all. What about you?
0: No, I, I don't feel like a, a student either. But but how about that transition, right?
1: Yes. How about that? It's very nice. I will say though, like I'll be driving home and it's four o'clock. And I'm like, what am I gonna do the rest of the day? Right. Because in grad school, I'd be driving to my apartment to put on my tap clothes to go to tap for the next four hours. Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel that at all? Like, or do you work late at night? I don't.
0: I don't, I don't. Well, I think I get home later than you. I get home Mm -hmm. at like 5.30, um, but I don't work when I'm home, which is night and day. Obviously every waking hour of grad school was doing something for for class or a client or tap or something.
1: When we moved in this apartment, I was adamant to have my desk in here. Like okay. I was like, I need my desk. Like I can't imagine functioning without a desk. You know, mm-hmm. I was in college and I went straight to grad school. I mean, yeah. my desk was in my room. Mm-hmm. Like, and now I do not touch my desk. I work yeah. at the table. Like I, <laughs> I only have to work a couple hours a week at yeah. home. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> It, it's a little bit like, because I had a job before, it's kind of mm-hmm. like this last four years was a bit of a dream, like a bit of like a, you know what I mean? Like the reality was working, and then I had this period of time where I was something else, and then now I'm, yeah. I'm working again.
1: So mm-hmm. like,
0: like, it doesn't, like if I really sat down and thought about it and put myself back there, like yeah, I could, I could, I could assume the mentality of a student again, but it, it's pretty difficult.
1: Yeah, it's just exa- like it's exhausting. Like now I get to work, I do my work, and I go home and I go for a run and I make dinner and
0: mm-hmm. I read too.
1: books like yeah.
0: I- like yeah. for fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I sleep a lot. Like <laughs> a lot more than I used to. Remember in grad school when yeah. I had like really bad sleeping? issues
0: yes wouldn't you wake up at like two or three in the morning
1: yep and i'd make no. coffee and i would do my work and then i would go to work at seven in the yeah. morning like i would just stay up
0: that's crazy yeah. that's not I
1: now i seriously like i <laughs> there's a show i like to watch and it's on thursdays at nine o'clock and <laughs> i always <laughs> miss date, it <anything>.
0: dateline <laughs> no,
1: it's called, no, it's called A Million Little Things. So just a little,
0: It's the, the local news. <laughs>
1: no, no, but I, I love to watch it and I never make it. Like I always watch it on Hulu because I don't make it to nine o'clock.
0: <laughs> I, I will say I watched um, Illinois basketball game. First of all, the biggest change in my life now is I have time to watch sports, which is oh, amazing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. for four years, I did not watch the teams I love. And mm-hmm. and now I get to watch them. The game, I, Illinois played Baylor. Mm-hmm. It was a nine p.m. tip off. Uh. uh And I was struggling through that game. <laughs> and the next day, when I had to like, I was feeling it because I went Doesn't to it bed. does make
1: you feel old.
0: The game didn't get done till like eleven thirty.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: We have a great topic today. What do we want to talk about today, Jess? I don't remember.
1: What Dissertation. Is it? Don't remember. Dissertation.
0: Oh, yeah. You don't remember.
1: This is really going to hit the heart today. It's, yes. Yeah, it's
0: be... So we hope to be able to explain and give good information about what to do. Not what to do for dissertation, but how to navigate this dissertation process. It's a pretty big piece of things if you are in the PhD track.
1: Pretty big piece of things.
0: How how big, want, piece? how big a piece?
1: Very big. Like it has to be proposed before you go on internship and defended before you graduate. But I want to make a disclaimer here. Please. Don't quote us on this. Always check your handbook because things change every year. And things might have been different for us than they are for you.
0: You know, I really wish we had that disclaimer, like, for every episode. We,
1: we should have.
0: Right. We should Like, we, we only know part of the truth. If you want to know the full truth, read the handbook.
1: Read your handbook. Right. In the year that you got admitted to the doc program. Mm-hmm.
0: Things are liable to change, yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, why are you even listening? Just
1: just go read your handbook. You know what the handbook's not going to give you
0: uh, what
1: corny jokes
0: <laughs> I tell you what it's not going to have a weather uh, a weather game at the end of it no
1: no weather game
0: how many Sorry. how what what portion of our listeners do you think just fast forward through the content to get to the the weather game at the end? <laughs>
1: I think this is what people do. They start and listen to the first five minutes and then fast forward through the content and listen to the last five minutes. That's what I would do. Okay, dissertation. What should we start with?
0: So I think your first point is is worth repeating again. You need to propose it, your dissertation, by a certain time in order to go on internship. Jess, do you Mm -hmm. know what time that is right now?
1: Right now it's This year. One of the Yeah, it's like the end of October.
0: The end of October, October of your fourth year?
1: Yes. Okay. So okay. end of October of your fourth year.
0: Okay. Yes. Cause this is one of two big hurdles that you need to go on internship. One being comps, which we talked about. And then propose the dissertation. Yeah. And You can go on internship without defending.
1: Yes, you can.
0: Let's rewind a bit and talk about how we came to pick a dissertation topic and then pick a dissertation committee.
1: I like this. Would you like to start?
0: Sure. Yeah, I'd love to start. So picking a dissertation topic is, I think, it's really important. I mean, it goes without saying, it's really important because this is something that you're going to spend hours upon hours upon hours reading about, writing about, reading more about, experimenting about.
1: For years, <laughs> For too. a very long time. Like, I proposed my dissertation probably almost two years ago to the day. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't defended, so.
0: Okay, okay. But you're getting close. You're getting close. So you want to pick a topic that you can like you're interested in enough to get mm-hmm. to completion, right?
1: And- yes. Can I add something actually interesting? Yes, um you may. so my supervisor is currently kind of choosing who to interview for applicants. And I asked her about the process just because I'm interested in supervising one day.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: she said the first thing she does is read everyone's dissertation topic.
0: Really? So your, mm-hmm. your internship supervisor reads what that. That's so interesting. I would That's not like have thought. That's one of her
1: big things.
0: Hmm. Yep. She, she must have liked yours.
1: Apparently. Well, you got an interview too, so she must have liked yours as well. That's
0: true. That's interesting because they're very different. They're very different topics. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I do remember thinking, uh, and I might have mentioned this before, but when I was trying to decide whether to switch from specialist to doc, I basically made myself pick a dissertation topic before switching. Really? I, I decided, like, you need to know what you're going to do your research on before committing mm-hmm. to this. And so... That's fair. And so I, threw, I tossed around a lot of different topics in my mind for a while. But then I finally came up with um, handwriting and typing. And I will say... Um, when I kind of shopped it around to different people, um, not a lot of people liked it. Like I didn't get like, a, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> um, it, but it was interesting to me.
1: Will you tell the listeners exactly what your topic was? Because I feel like sure. they you should know. Uh,
0: yeah. So the, uh, what, I, what I did was I compared um, for early el- elementary students – Um, how they responded to interventions of handwriting and typing, um, how those two things affected their development as writers.
1: So that gives us a better picture of like maybe why some people wouldn't have been so excited. Like maybe academics wasn't their area or reading, writing, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't get the sense that a lot of people research academics uh, in our school psych program, and it was also not about reading or math. It was about writing, which is not (laughs) also not that popular. Um, But there were other ideas out there that people were telling me about, and I kind of liked them, but I knew like it wasn't for me right like i wanted i wanted the thing that was really interesting to me it's
1: interesting how you say that like you needed your topic before you switched hmm. to yeah. the the doc program cuz i feel like i was the same way like i needed to know what i was going to spend you know my life on mm-hmm. because it's such a big portion of your life
0: yeah of your
1: career your you know grad school career
0: it it really is. I mean, I think a lot of people realize, you know, it's a big thing. It's, it's a, it's a intimidating kind of process, but it is really all consuming. Like it, it is, it's every bit of that, um, mm-hmm. for, for good portions of your, of your time. It, it
1: Yeah. It's, it's not like a GA that you get that you have for nine months and then, mm-hmm. you know, you get a new one next year. It's like I said, I mean, it's been two years that I've been over that right because like the proposal takes a while so like two and a half years right and you really have to be dedicated and interested because otherwise and it happens I think it happens all the time people aren't very interested and you know it falls through the cracks
0: and how did you pick yours
1: honestly I was in Leandra's research lab and she was like next year I'm gonna do this really cool trauma-informed program and I was like wait I want to be involved in that um and so I did it I did it my second year I was involved in it and then I applied to switch second year and just said can I do this for my dissertation yeah um so it was something I clinically loved to do that I was like why I'm not very interested in research so I was like why wouldn't I do my research on something that I like clinically love
0: and love to do
1: and think is really interesting
0: and i and i think this is a interesting um, uh, difference between ours and it's another very common route like you align your interests with those that a professor is already working on right Mm -hmm. so you liked like you you were always interested in in trauma right and researching trauma and you were in this lab then professor was already doing work so then it can be a natural extension of what somebody's doing and that helps like facilitate the process right? yeah huh? yeah yeah and so and so that brings us to how you picked the committee and for you it was more natural right you had somebody that was already like this was their wheelhouse and it makes sense to put them on the committee
1: yeah so my experience is so different from yours like i didn't yeah. go around interviewing people asking you know, do you want to be my chair or are you interested in this? I had a chair already. Cause it was like her program that I was evaluating. And mm-hmm. so she was my chair. That was a mutual agreement. Right. And was really um, like, you know, there was a social work professor I had worked with on MDC and they were really did a lot of work with trauma in the school. So that was just an easy pick. And then honestly, my other committee member, um, outside of school, psych was um, in education, and Leandra had known her, and she was like, "So you should pick her." And I, so I didn't really do much, and then I picked Adina because I really liked working with Adina.
0: So there are four committee members. Um, you designate a chair. The chair needs to be in the psychology department. Does not need to be a school psych faculty. Just someone mm-hmm. in the psychology department. And then I think one of the other four needs to be outside the department. And so then you typically in school psych, we kind of look toward the education department, but I suppose you could go outside of that too. um, And just look for someone else on campus, but that's what you need need for the chair does not need to be a school psych.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say to recap, like, pick a topic that you're really interested in and committee members that you see yourself being able to work with. And I think that's really important.
0: Yes. So you, you referenced this, but I, I did something of a, a light interview process with um, mm-hmm. committee members. So I wasn't sure who I wanted to be the chair. I didn't, wasn't sure who I wanted to be on the committee. Cause I, I was picking a topic that really no one was studying um, at ISU and so I probably sat down with five, six, maybe even seven people to kind of like pitch, pitch my idea and kind of get their reactions um, and get a feel for whether I could work with this person based on personality and, um, and interest in the subject. And so I was careful. I mean, I, I, I liked everyone I interviewed, but I was mm-hmm. able to find a guy was able to choose from them the people I thought would best serve this project. And so like, I would recommend that. I mean, it takes a little bit more time and effort, I guess, because you have to like set up meetings with people and sit down and explain all this. But I felt, I felt really comfortable with my, with my uh, committee in the end. And
1: yeah. 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 The other thing, as you're talking, I'm thinking about something um, that I didn't do, but I, like, have seen people do it, and I recommend it to, to younger students, is talk to other people who have, have the person that you want as a chair. Talk to other people who have done a dissertation or a, a master's degree under them as a chair, because um, then you can kind of get to know their, their style of, like, supervision and working with you, their work ethic, and if it's going to match with yours, um, because I think the match is really important. If you're someone that is kind of laid back and you're gonna need a professor to push you to get things done each week, then that's what you're gonna need. Otherwise you won't get it done. But if you're someone who's just, you know, gonna work really hard to get it done, then someone, you know, who's a little bit more laid back and who kind of just lets you dictate the moves might work for
0: you as well. Absolutely. You're gonna spend much more time with that chair than anyone else on the committee and you wanna make sure that there's some compatibility in terms of like working together. Yeah.
1: And um, another thing, and I feel like at ISU, people love to chair dissertations, um, but in talking with people kind of from other universities, uh, they've told me this before, which I think is a good point. Like make sure that that person would make you a priority Hmm. and they want you to finish as much as you wanna finish um, because there's deadlines that you have to meet and you have to meet them, they're their requirements. So make sure that they want you to meet those deadlines and they're willing to work to get you there.
0: Yeah. So Jess, how did you stay motivated to do your dissertation while doing a million other things on campus?
1: I, the best advice I got was to block out a certain day and time that you're going to work on your dissertation. Um, and so third year, I think my schedule's a little light. I blocked out a certain afternoon for like three to four hours that I was going to do it. And every, I treated it like a class, like every time when it became that time, that's when I worked on it. And that's the only time I honestly thought about it unless it, you know, kind of was getting down to a wire and I was about to propose or um, get other things in. Um, So I think that was the best. That's the best. It's been difficult, though, through internship. I will say that.
0: Yeah. So like being intentional. I felt the same way. It's
1: so easy to put on the back burner. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. No, I felt the same way. I didn't necessarily designate time, but I definitely Mm -hmm. said like the the reference point was my weekly meeting with Gary, with with my dissertation Mm -hmm. chair. I needed in my mind to have something new to bring to him every week whether big or small, mm-hmm. like I, I needed myself to, to have something. And so that's how I like measured progress, right? And so let's talk about like what this looks like. How do you, you you've got your topic, you've got your committee and your chair. How do you go about doing this?
1: Well, <laughs> you search the literature. Something that was really helpful to me, it's called Mendeley. yeah it's like an app I have on my computer and it would send me emails related to trauma informed care in schools and so I would just like kind of sift through those emails about like with peer-reviewed articles about this um so that was really helpful but honestly I just did it by like just going into the literature and researching what what did you how did you start
0: I'm actually trying to remember if I did the method first or the literature review first.
1: So that's a good point. I knew my methods going into it. Like not, not like down to the wire, but I knew (laughs) I was evaluating a trauma-informed program for middle school students.
0: Yeah. Um. What I remember is a lot of back and forth with my chair about what I really, the questions I really wanted to ask you know, in answer about handwriting and typing. And so we went back and forth a lot about the form of the experiment because it was always going to be kind of an experiment where I, um, you know, a quantitative research project in which I'm going to come up with statistics that I'm going to analyze in a certain way, right? And so I think I made the method first and then work kind of workshop that until it was in a pretty good state now it wasn't like final product we probably made some tweaks later but the idea of i'm going to go into a school and use classrooms and i'm Mm going to have this intervention and yada 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 right and then i think i went back and did more and more research to come up with the literature review yeah and I felt like this was the most frustrating process for me. Like, I knew what I wanted to run at that point, and I knew, and I was researching some of the, the literature, but every time I came back and, and like gave, you know, gave him this section and that section, it was always like, you know, we need more. Or, you need to, you know, take all this and then summarize it for the introduction in the introduction Mm -hmm. for the document is like still like 10 pages long and it just, it just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, I've, I've got all this research. I can give it to you in a much shorter version, but because of the, like the culture of the dissertation, like it needs to be exhaustive.
1: Yeah. It was, I was going to say, we haven't talked about this yet. Like a dissertation is long.
0: It's really long. How long is yours? Do you know?
1: Um, I don't know off the top of my head. How long was yours?
0: So my proposal document was, like, in the 70s pages. Mm-hmm. My final dissertation is 119 pages.
1: Okay. So as we're talking here, I think my um, proposal was, like, 67 pages.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And my defense as of right now is in the 90s.
0: Okay. So. Yeah, it's about the same. Yeah. So you have to produce a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you have to, like, a lot of thorough research and bringing up all these different angles about the research or the, the question you're answer, trying to answer.
1: Yeah, and, it, I mean, really, you're trying to find a gap in the literature.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: you're, you're trying to find all these theories and different things, but, um, you know, a gap in what, what's been researched in this area
0: right so that you can push it forward a bit yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you come up with what you want to study you got the method and then you like, you spend and this can take months if not longer yeah i think i think i had it was 12 months from me forming a committee to finally proposing yeah that 12 months was like all preparing the proposal document and then you do the proposal which is trying to get all your committee members into one room and so you can show them a PowerPoint presentation of what you want to do.
1: Which the nice part about that is they've all read your document and they know exactly what you're going to present. And so I feel like people get really anxious about the actual proposal part, Mm -hmm. but if you have a decent chair, they're not going to let you propose if you're not going to pass your proposal. you'll know like a committee member will say hey add this before you propose or you know do this so i think that people have a lot of anxiety and it is a huge deal right but you will pass if you know if you follow all the all the directions by the committee members in your chair
0: yeah yeah and it's nerve-wracking but it's essentially just a just a PowerPoint that you're showing, like here's what I want to do. And then they mm-hmm. ask you some questions and they're gonna change things. Like there will be some tweaks, you can anticipate that, and then and then you go and actually run the stupid thing.
1: Yep, you go and run the stupid thing, which is I think that was like the most fun part for me, like doing mm-hmm. it and then I think I like gained a love for research while I was while I was implementing my yeah. study.
0: Well, you and I both had like live research. Like, we—I'm not belittling it, but sometimes like it's uh, research is, is surveys, and and you're not physically in in the presence of somebody doing something, right? But mm-hmm. you and I went into schools to get data. Yeah, I I agree. Like that was fun. Like running inver- interventions for second graders was was fun for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just led like. Basically, group therapy sessions for middle school students. It, I think that's what kept me engaged in my dissertation because I was like, wait, hold on. I want to see if, if what I'm doing is actually working. And I'm sure that's how it was for you as well. All yeah. that to say, I think survey data, people are very interested in that too. Mm-hmm. And Typically, when you do survey data, you need a lot more participants.
0: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. so You have to really send it out to a lot of people. And it, it mm-hmm. can be really stressful in a way that's different than in-person research is stressful.
0: Yes. And I was just thinking in-person research can be really stressful because it can be, be messed up so easily. Mm-hmm. I, I had like an eight-week intervention that I was having the teachers run. And I was like in constant fear that they weren't going to do it one day or they were (laughs) not going to do it properly or I wouldn't have it, you know, at the end of this eight weeks. Um, It's it's tough because there's a lot riding on this. Um, And
1: and
0: to be perfectly honest, like I I consider myself so lucky because I thought that I was going to be running this in the spring of 2020 and when when schools shut down for this pandemic right i by the skin of my teeth was able to convince a school to run it in the fall of 2019 and at one point i realized like you know in march or april i realized had i not been able to get this in the fall
1: you still wouldn't
0: been, i wouldn't have the data i wouldn't have anything
1: yeah yeah
0: it's it's
1: you would just have to wait till school's open again so yeah
0: or change my project entirely yeah it can
1: be really stressful because I didn't even think about that but I mean my study was my like dissertation was finished Mm -hmm. by December of last year but my um my study I like my dissertation was only a little piece of my actual study so that kind of got a little bit ruined by COVID right but my dissertation is still intact which is which is nice but I always thought like in I mean post-pandemic the issues that people might have are like honestly getting your in-person research done before you go on internship like Mm -hmm. I always thought like oh my goodness I'm gonna have to stay here an extra year to run this program because I'm the one running it and it's my dissertation I can't just like leave it or no one will do it and that's just not something you have time for an internship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There are some real risks to doing in-person experiments. Yeah, yeah. So I think first year for me was creating that proposal document. Second year was running the experiment, so data collection and then analysis. And so for me the next big phase was I, I gathered a lot of data And then I had to analyze it. So depending upon who your chair and committee is, you can talk to different professors to try to enlist other grad students to help you out with your with your data. Um, I was very lucky to have two really great uh, school psych students help me out, uh, Alex and Haley, I guess their will because they were associated with Dr. Cates. They had to help me but I do appreciate it anyway but it was a big help. And I think you did too, right? You had people.
1: Yeah, I was now that you, like I could not have done it without my team. Like there is just absolutely no way. I had like seven undergrads and Caitlin as my grad student. Wow. Um, And they were running the program. Like I was attending half the sessions and Caitlin was attending half the sessions as like the grad student there. But like without the undergrads, we couldn't have run the the groups either so that was another big thing recruitment i had to i literally posted flyers in garmo to recruit mm-hmm. undergrads for my study and then i just like prayed that adina had a an undergrad or a grad student assigned to her for their apprenticeship so they mm-hmm. could you know choose my project and do it otherwise i don't i honestly would have had to go to all seven groups i
0: yeah
1: I don't know what I would have done, how I would have done it. So yeah, you really, when you think about your project, you have to think like, am I going to be able to recruit people to do this? Am I going to have the help that I need?
0: Do you have the personnel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you got your data collected. You've made uh, people younger than you uh, analyze the data for you. So once you get that all done, you have to write up the, results and you have to write up the discussion and you go back and forth with your chair about that Um, Mm -hmm. and then eventually months later you try to get that same committee back into uh, the same room and present your findings now what i want to say about this is uh, i truly appreciate my committee during this phase Because there were things that I had essentially said I was going to do in the proposal that became impossible when I did it in real life. When I had to come and say like, hey, I I couldn't do this the way I wanted to, I met with them individually and said like, here's where I am with this. How do you feel about that? Because the committee could say, we don't like that. You need to find another way to measure that same variable. And once they did that, they individually were like, okay I understand, no problem. So that when it came to the defense and I was able to say here are my results and here are the tweaks I had to make, they were like okay we're okay with that. So my point being keep some connection with those committee members that aren't your chair and explain things when you need to explain them and uh, I guess be in a position where you're you're willing to work with them and, and keep them up to date about what's going on.
1: Yeah. Something I did is like before I really wrote my analysis or discussion is I sent my like a just a brief synopsis of my results to my committee and was like, hey, what do you what do you think about this? Like, is this okay? Do you think I need to collect more data? Just so that I knew, you know, before I wrote it all up and sent the final copy to them what their initial reactions were going to be. And you're right. It sometimes feels so scary when you propose something that you're going to do and you just, like, can't do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: to tell people because you're like, oh, no, they're going to make me, like, do it some way. But right, typically, they're very understanding in that regard. I mean, yeah. depending on what it is, obviously. But...
0: And I think this goes back to being wise about who you're choosing, right? Because mm-hmm. these are people that you're going to have to have some conversations with about how things were done and get their take and get their opinion. So yeah, choose wisely. Mm -hmm. Okay. What else? Um, I know you don't want to talk about defense, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't, I can't really talk about the defense.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so let me, I'll just take it from here. Um, so
1: I haven't defended yet. Let's just tell the world. One
0: of us, one of us has defended, uh, the other has not, which is, Perfectly fine, and it will get done. Um, But yeah, so essentially the defense is a lot like the proposal, although mine was over Zoom because of the the pandemic, so it was a little weird. But like you get the same people in the same room, another PowerPoint, here's what happened. And then what you don't know after that, you submit your dissertation, the document, which everyone has approved, you submit it to ProQuest, and then you fight with the graduate uh, the graduate school at ISU because they keep finding errors in it and they send it back to you so they have like proofreaders that like tell you that the date that you put on page 70 is wrong and that you need to fix it and then and then go back and so that process takes quite a bit of time and back and forth but um, you have to finalize that like publishable dissertation Um, by working with not your committee anymore, but with the graduate uh, school at ISU.
1: Wow. I didn't know that. All right. Well, and once you defend, if you defend after your internship, you get this cool little plaque that says your name, comma, PhD, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) because you're done.
0: you get a plaque? It's just like a piece of paper. What is it?
1: it's like a thing that sits on your desk you probably haven't seen it because you don't have social media i do not but people who defend after their internship always like in their defense get handed this thing and they all have pictures with it it'll say like brian klein phd i'm sure they just give them to you at graduation or if
0: oh we have
1: like a zoom graduation they'll mail it
0: All right, pick a city. Ooh, Bloomington. We could do I mean, Bloomington. I know. Neither one of us are there.
1: Yeah, I mean, gotta be Bloomington.
0: Bloomington or Normal.
1: Oh, this is a tough one. How about Normal, because ISU's in Normal.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. ISU's no. in Normal. Okay, we'll do that. Okay. Okay. All right. So, we, I mean, we should both be pretty good at this. We spent a good amount of time there. But we're kind of in the middle of a heat wave.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what makes me nervous.
0: What's it like up there today?
1: It was like 55 and sunny or 50 and sunny.
0: It got up to 68 here.
1: Are you serious? Yeah, I
0: went for a run and it was it was like it was, you know, spring or summer.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I still... I. I don't know, I didn't really wear a coat today.
0: Yeah.
1: It was nice, sunny.
0: Nice sunny day. So the question is not what it was in uh, Kenosha or Harrisburg. The question is, what is the temperature in normal Illinois right now? Sun is down.
1: Okay, are you ready for this? I'm just shooting for the moon here.
0: Okay, shoot for the moon.
1: 43
0: your regular Neil Armstrong 43 degrees oh man um, up or under. over or under It's a good question over or under um, I'm gonna go with 45 degrees that's really I, is there any rule about like guessing too close to each other
1: I don't think we've ever had a rule
0: about that. So no, no rules. Am I back in the wind column?
1: Six degrees. 46.
0: 46 degrees. You won like the last three in a row.
1: I know. I was on a roll.
0: You're on a roll. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well,
1: buckets. Congratulations. Buckets. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>